Blog Talk Radio. And I welcome you to my show. Um, this is a show where we discuss everything. We discover, uh, discuss all kinds of topics, all about lifestyle, all about what's going on in the world today, issues and solutions. Um, if you're listening to our show tonight and there is a particular topic that you want to hear or talk about, drop me a message in the chat box. Or you can reach me on Becoming Excellent B on Instagram and Facebook. The call number tonight is 
516-453-9110. That's 516-453-9110. Send it out to your friends. Let them know that we are on the air. Tonight's topic is a good topic. We are talking about fatherhood tonight. I have a special guest, Antonio Magaha. Are you on? Yes, ma'am. Good evening. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm great. That's uh that laughing in the background is uh my co-host uh DJ Sean. What's up, DJ Sean? What's up? What's going on? What's up, DJ Sean? How you doing? Hey, yo, I just love these two, boy. They, they, that's true love right there. I love them, too. I want to be like y'all when I grow up. You're so funny. <laughs> Tonight, um, Antonio Magaha has brought his um, group Mandatory Adjustments. Mandatory Adjustments. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Mandatory Adjustments? Sure, sure. So first of all, I got to give um, credit where credit is due. My man Creole, uh, Creole King Cardell um, actually came up with the name um, and the logo for Mandatory Adjustments. But essentially, Mandatory Adjustments is a platform we use via Zoom um, first and third Mondays of each month. Um, and we just really come together um, as men, um, and it's a space that, that allows for men to come in and be vulnerable um, we come and build each other up and come and share some things that we may not otherwise be able to share in other forms or other spaces or places um, I'm in a non-judgmental space. So it's just an opportunity to sharpen one another and hear each other out. Um, so, yeah, that's that's in a nutshell. That's what mandatory adjustments is. All right. That's, um, you know, I, it's always been. I guess rumored, if I can say that men don't really talk. They right. don't talk. They don't talk about their issues. They don't. They just kind of grunt and hmm. go into their man cave. How do you feel about that? No, it's true. We sweep stuff under the rug quite often. Um, I mean, I think most men would agree with what I'm about to say. When you, uh, you know, it's it's prevalently probably been taught in most of our households that you know men suck it up. You know, you don't cry. You don't be vulnerable. You don't show, you know, because it's, that's always been um, shown as the equivalent or it's been made to be the equivalent of being weak when in actuality, you know, those are the things, like I said a few minutes ago, that those are the things that are killing us, hypertension and the various types of ailments that we suffer from, from not really dealing with the things at hand, um, you know, or that are on hand. And I just felt like from my own personal experience um that, you know, I wanted to provide a platform for men to be able to do so. So I think, you know, hopefully for the men that have been a part, it's been a healthy outlet. Um, and I hope that it will continue to be as we, uh, you know, as we continue to progress and move forward. I see we have quite a few callers um, on the line. I guess this, these are uh, members of your organization, Mandatory Adjustment. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. In our topic tonight, um fatherhood, dads and disappointment. Hmm. What was the goal? What is the what is the sentiment behind dads and disappointment? Um well, having, you know, being a father presently, you know, as we speak, um I've had the opportunity 
actually witnessed being very um, disappointing to my son. Um, and I guess in a few conversations that we had back with the mandatory adjustments group um, and talking about fatherhood, it was a topic that kind of just was buzzing in my spirit. And I felt like this was something that we needed to to discuss and bring to the forefront because I felt like not just within myself, um, but with, you know, among the group, there were people or fathers that may still be harboring or dealing with, you know, some disappointing things that they have done and maybe even some some things that have been dealt, you know, to them from their father. Um, so I just felt like this was, you know, a start, not necessarily the, the you know, uh, it's a process. Healing is a process, but I think at least if we can start having the conversations and allowing the space and opportunity for men to discuss those things that they may not want to discuss with other people or in other forms, I think that, you know, the healing process can begin in that, in that, in that area. Okay. So a few years ago, you came out with a video and a song, forgive me, a letter to my son. Correct. Um, I'm going to play that song. If you are on the line right now, call your friends, text your friends, um, send out messages. Our number is 516-453-9110. That's 516-453-9110 for B Lifestyle Radio. If you're on my call, my wait list, text me and let me know that you're on there so I can let you in. Right now we're going to listen to Antonio Magaha and Forgive Me, a song about fatherhood.
right. That was Forgive Me by Antonio Magaha. Um, can you tell us a little bit, just a little bit, what was on your mind when you wrote that song? What um, inspired that? And we're going to, I see there, uh, we have Brian Perry on the line. Uh, we have Mr. Magaha on the line. Um, and we have a couple of more callers. Let's uh, tell us about that song and then let's invite some of your guests on in. So, yeah, um, Forgive Me was written some years ago. Um, my son's mother and I um, were in divorce um, and in the process of going through all of that. I realized that he has suf- suffered a lot of um, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain that he wasn't necessarily talking about. Um, he was distant and cold, and I couldn't really couldn't really get through to him. Um, and uh, you know, prayerfully um, through through therapy, we were able to build or rebuild our relationship and kind of get on top of some things. And I was made aware of some things that I wasn't aware of at the time. But in the process, all that I felt like, you know, when you're going through divorce, a lot of times, sometimes kids can feel like they're the cause or the reason for it. And I kind of felt like he might have, um, you know, might have been feeling like that. So in, in essence, I wrote that song as a letter of forgiveness to say, you know, this is not you're not the cause that we still love you. I love you, um, you know, and I need, you know, need to know that that you understand that, you know, in order for us to move forward. So that's where that song came from. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. We're going to invite some of our callers. Mr. Perry, are you there? Good evening. Good evening. How are everybody doing? You're What's up, Brian? I'm good. How are you? How are you? So you're a, a member of Mandatory Adjustments? Absolutely. I am a member of Mandatory Adjustments and, you know, just wanted to call in and give support to, to the group and organization because, you know, it's definitely like, like place for us to and just, you know, I help each other grow and just, you know, stereotypical, you know, thought process of what men should be and try to help each other grow who are afraid to be. Okay, you're um I'm not you're going in and out on my end. Um Yeah, it sounds a little choppy. Sorry about that. Can you hear me now? It's a little choppy. Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear me now? Yes. So what are you getting out of this out of the group? What is um how is this benefiting you, this this mandatory adjustments group? Um, for for me the the group itself is, is just a like Tony says, it's a good safe space to just come and, 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 and get some stuff off your chest. Mind. You know, to bounce ideas off other the brothers that, you know, can they have your best interest and wanna see and you know, want to see you grow and want, want you know, the best for you. So it's, it benefits me as able to share some things that, you know, normally I ain't going to say can't share, but, you know, um, just be able to talk and have a safe place to get stuff off my chest and off my head, to be honest with you. Safe spaces. Okay. All right. I see uh, Mr. Anthony. Are you on there? Would you you want to jump in? You want to say something? Yes. yes, ma'am. What's going on? How are y'all doing? Hey, how are you? I'm You're good. Uh, Antonio's I'm good. dad, huh? Yes, yes ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Antonio? What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate I'm, you in, calling I'm in. enjoying myself. Okay, appreciate I'm you calling in. 
So, I'm so, your, so your son gets the voice from you? Uh, <laughs> I probably half and half. Probably no. uh, about half and half half mother. <laughs> okay. We 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 both sing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They they are a um incredibly talented family, singing, playing, uh all the instruments. They are the Jacksons that you never know about. <laughs> <laughs> So that makes you Joe Jackson, right? <laughs> I guess that's, I guess that's me. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very proud of his accomplishment. Very proud. So so we're talking about dads and disappointments this evening. Um, Mr. Anthony, what would you in your fatherhood if you if you feel um if you want to share, what would you say would be one of the most disappointing things as a father? What would you say? Uh, probably not being more hands-on mm. with, your, with your son or daughter mm. in the early in the early beginning. You know, not being more hands-on with teaching. Uh, and uh, and doing things to develop them in a positive way, mm-hmm. for whatever reason that you know that you don't you know do that, I think that would be more disappointing than anything. My biggest disappointment not being able to form them in a positive way, by not being involved like you should. Anybody wanna? Oh yeah, it it, it definitely. Antonio? Yeah, I think um, one of the things, one of the realizations that I came to in my own scenario with my son, um, when I was going through what I was going through, my mind was all over the place, and I was just, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, it lost my mind for a period of time. I didn't realize that I didn't, that there was some space and time that I hadn't, I wasn't present. I was physically present in my son's life, but I wasn't present. Um, and there was a lot that I realized even recently that I missed out on. And it's a very hurtful thing because you can't go back and recapture that time. Um, you know, I, I try to, I'm trying my best to not live in the past as much as possible, but you know, that's a very difficult thing for me from time to time. Um, but yeah, when you, you, you're physically present and you realize, man, there's, I could have done this better. I could have been there. I could have, you know, when he was younger. Um, and now as an older kid, you know, you find yourself trying to do some of those things. It's like, well, you know, he's 17, 18. That stuff is, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't really, you know, um, you know, get with that stuff now. Uh, it, it's difficult. But like I said, you know, not dwelling and living in the past and moving forward is the, is the best, you know, the best thing you can do in a situation like this. But it is hurtful. It is hurtful. Uh, so that's one of the things I can say that I've been, you know, trying to heal from and move through presently in our relationship. It's just a lot of regret. A lot of regret. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the manual? Where's the parent manual? I wish I had one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, you know, the unfortunate thing about 
this life and and or living in America, I guess. Let me say it like this, because I haven't lived anywhere else. Is you know, we we learn, we go to school and get educated on a bunch of other different things. We have to get licenses for marriage. We have to get licenses to drive cars. But when it comes to parenting and relationships and stuff like that, it's not you know, it's one of those. I think on now presently, we probably you know we, we're put you in. Hey, Dad, I think you, Dad, you will mute yourself. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, um, you know, we have a lot of resources and, and what have you, you know, that um, that cater to relationships and things of that nature now. But, you know, in years past, that, that hasn't been the, that hasn't been the thing. So, yeah, it's just like learning by trial and error. And you do sometimes you do a lot of damage because you don't know what you're doing and you have to know or figure it out after you've made a mistake. Or you've done something detrimental, you know. Um, so it's, it makes it very difficult. Parenting very difficult, or it can be. You know, I, I just want to uh, piggyback off what um, your wife said. Mm-hmm. The, parent, the parent manual, and this is no disrespect. The parent manual should was should have been brought from our, you know, from our parents. Should have mm-hmm. taught us the parent True. manual. Right. But a lot of times, you know. A lot of times um, we get we get what our parents got from their parents. You, That's know, true. you know what I'm saying? That's true. But there, there's there's never you know there's times where like myself and my girls, mm-hmm. I broke I broke that. Hello. I'm not sure what happened. DJ Sean, he'll be back. Okay. Um, Well, he'll be back. Uh, I I think that, you know, even though this show is uh, geared disappointments and dads, I, I think as parents in general, we all can, we only knew what we were taught. And like, like he said, it's no disrespect to our parents. Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know, each generation we grow and we get better. And so instead of necessarily, you know, being very regretful, we can be very grateful if we see that our kids have taken the baton and moved forward and d- done better than we have. Um, I desire that my daughter and um, my bonus son, that they do better than we did, that they make better choices because of our awareness now that we can share. Like, we're very honest um, with our kids. We're not because kids can see, whether you're honest or not, they can see what's going on. Um, Even if they don't speak, they know what's going on. So I, I think it's just been best practice to just be very honest um, and not do as I say and not as I do, but right. live a life or try to, be, you know, live a life the more aware you are to to make the examples that they want to uh, follow um, right. and not live lives that when your kids, you know, they would never tell you, but they like, oh, my God, I, I don't want to be like that. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Let's see. I have a caller eight one three 
646-9808. Caller, are you there? 813-646-9808. Okay, no one is, they're on here, but they're not, maybe they're just enjoying the show. That's, that's fine. If you are listening, our call-in number is 516-453-9110. We have Antonio Magaha and Mandatory Adjustments on talking about dads and disappointments. Uh, Antonio. Yes. What would you, so as we're talking about dads and disappointments, mm-hmm. um what are some things that you would like to share with the listening audience tonight? Um, one understanding that, that there's parent, there's no perfect parent. Um, there's no perfect relationship. I think, um, I'm a very big advocate of therapy, therapy for self, um, and therapy for, for the relationships, especially the more intimate relationships that you're involved in. Because they're so what I what I found to be uh to be very true is that my son, when we got involved in therapy, like he opened up. He started talking and 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 became way more open and sharing more than I at that point I could get out of him. Um because I think, you know, therapists, well trained therapists, uh can tap into, you know, your young men, your young kids or what have you and allow them that safe space to be, but to be honest. Um, with what they feel without feeling judged or without feeling like they're going to be punished and having a voice or having an opinion about what may or may not be going on, going on. But yeah, just understanding that this thing is, um, it's a process and it's not like there's that perfection doesn't exist. Um, but, but having the willingness to, to, when you realize that, Hey, we may be at odds or there may be some, some, something going on or we may be at a, a impasse, not allowing that thing to fester, um, you know, when you get to a point where you get older and there's grudges and your child, you don't have a relationship with the child, y'all not talking and you're not spending, you know, because you allow that wedge to uh, to deepen. But dealing with those issues when you're aware about, you're aware of them um, and not being afraid, afraid to, um, because, you know, both, both people, both parties and the relationship itself will be better off in the long run for it. Good. We're going to take a break for some music. Um, again, our phone number is 516-453-9110 if you want to call in. And uh, let's talk about disappointments. Let's talk about fatherhood. Let's just get into some um, some conversations. Uh, before I go to the music, I pulled up some statistics. 70% of black fathers who live with their children were more likely to have bathed, dressed, changed, or help their child with the toilet every day compared with their white Hispanic counterparts, which are 60% and 45%. 70% of black fathers bathe, dress, change, or help their child with hmm. the toilet every day. I know that, yeah. that a lot when growing up, there was a lot of conversation about how black fathers were not, we're not around. We're going to take this music uh, break and then come back and talk about black fatherhood. And, and are they really present? Is the media lying to us? What is the truth? 
Yeah, what's this place? This is a sound stage. Can you go down there? Now, Dad, this is a very sensitive subject. Woo! 
life. That's a really good song. That's a market pay for this dad. Awesome. That was Will Smith and just the two of us. Uh, his son was uh, a little itty bitty thing and uh, came out with that. The the love of a father. Before we went to the music break, I read some statistics about 70% of black fathers who lived with their children were more likely to have bathed, dressed, changed, or helped their child with the toilet every day compared with their counterparts. According and this was according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, those black fathers were also most likely to have eaten a meal with their children. The data showed. I know I work at a school, and what was very surprising to me in the morning time, I worked car duty, and the amount of fathers that drop off their their children, it's, I, I was shocked. And I think that I was shocked because we buy into what the media is pushing. And whether we think we believe it or we don't, there's always a constant narrative um, that is being pushed about all kinds of things. And so one of those narratives that is pushed is that fathers, and even more than that, black fathers are not involved in their children's lives. They don't care about their children. They're not involved. They'd rather do anything else but be uh, with their children. And in the morning time, I can tell you that that is not a reality at the school that I work. I have fathers that get out of their cars, open the doors for their daughters, and just show exemplary fatherhood. Um, Antonio, what do you yes. think about what do you think about that? Um, the fa- fatherhood today, what, what is it looking like? These statistics, how do you feel about 70% of black fathers are a part of their children's lives? Well, I think, quite honestly, the narrative is that's pushed, pushed and, um, and it being pushed by the powers that be. There's a reason why. You know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> if I can give a false picture and false hope to, you know, the black community, um, and to black families and make it seem like it's, it's something that it's not, then, you know, that's, 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 it's detrimental. Um, it's pessimistic and it, and it, and it, it gives our young men, you know, if they're watching TV and they're watching these movies and they're listening to music or news or wherever they may be getting this information from, then they may feel hopeless and feel like, well, this is what's supposed to be happening. You know, if you don't see, um, like you said, black men, fathers pulling up and, you know, in droves, dropping their kids off, or you don't see movies that, that display uh, black men um, caring for their fathers, I mean, caring for their children and, and nurturing their children and, and doing what fathers do. If you don't see these positive images or hear about them, then you, you don't know that they exist. So that lie continues to be perpetuated in, in, in our young men you know, growing up being fatherless to their their children. So I think it's it's all a, a, it's a narrative that's pushed to keep us in a as a community and as families to keep us in a hole and to keep us in a, keep us behind. Um, but I think it's very important to have conversations like this. You know, even with my group, mandatory adjustments. You know, I think most of the men that are part of that group are very responsible and and active fathers in their children's lives. You know, 
So, you know, and, and one of the things that we're looking to do in the near future um, is to connect with other young men, young fathers, and, and, you know, have conversations like we're having on this, this forum to see where they are, see what their needs are. Um, but also, most importantly, just to show them that, that, that black fathers are present and, and prevalently and that, um, you know, that them not being in the household in large numbers is, is a myth. It's not true. Uh, on a side note, talking about mandatory adjustments, where can one find mandatory adjustments, information for mandatory adjustments? So presently we have on IG, um, it's at mandatory M-A-N-D-A-T-O-R-Y Adjustments 2023 So that's on Instagram That's at Mandatory Adjustments 2023 All right I see a 62656 I think this is your mother Okay Is this Mrs. Barbara Are you on? I am Hey ma Hey hi guys How are you doing? Doing good How are you? Welcome to B Lifestyle Radio Show. Um, what would you like to say about fatherhood as a mother? You would. I was just coming on to listen, <laughs> not to respond to it, really. Um, I think it's just important that uh, fathers learn the just learn how to 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 be um fathers and and that's just let me do that mm, I don't know how to shorten that, but um I think it, it's really important to um spend a lot of time in church teaching teaching your children about about the lord um and I think um just having having them to learn to respect women, you know, um, and, and I think it's important that uh, as it should go up. Hello. Yes. Hello. She, she went out. Everybody's going out tonight, huh? Everybody's going out tonight. Well, hello. I can hear you. Okay. Uh okay, when she when she gets back on, we'll we'll put her back on. We have a caller 770-876. Hello, 770-876. Are you caller? Are you there? Okay. Maybe they're just listening as well. <laughs> Caller six six two seven two one. Are you there? Hi, welcome to B Radio. Hello, this is Benita. Hello. Hello. Yes, yes, this is Benita. Hey, Benita, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm just checking you out. Yeah. All right, this is uh, Benita. She is one of our Benita Applebaum. She is one of our uh, Hilltop Radio All Stars. Thank you for yeah. listening tonight. How yeah, you? Uh, yeah. What do you think about our content tonight, fathers? I mean, um, <laughs> I don't really. I mean, I think it's great those fathers that are in their children's lives, you know. But you know, 
I'd rather speak on the positive side. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think it's great. And I, I, I'm shocked by the numbers as well, you know. So. I, I was Go very shocked day. when I read those statistics. <laughs> those statistics. Yeah. So I salute them all day. I salute them. Yeah. And my, um, my father always has been in my life, aside from the time that he went to jail or whatever, but even then, you know, he made sure that, you know, we was okay. So, you know, my dad is one of those dads, you know. So come oh, that's the awesome. Time, he's going to come through and he's, he's going to do what he has to do. If we say we need it done, he's going to do it. Um, I don't ever remember getting a paddle and whooping to St. George, nothing different from my dad. Like, you can't whoop his kids. You know, so I, I say again, salute to, to the black dad, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for um, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, uh, I just like like um, Benita, my dad. He was extremely present. He was, I, my dad was extremely present. My parents were older. Um, when I came into the picture and my father was good and settled when I was born, he was 45 years old. So I think, you know, age and wisdom and those kind of things, they come into play when you have children and you're 20 years old, you're 20 years old. And what you are at 20, you aren't at 40 and 45 and 50. And so I think Back to uh, what Antonio was saying about regret, regretting, I think it's just life as we mature. Everyone matures at different rates. We just we can have children younger. We can have children older. We're not the same people. You're not the same person when you're 20 years old having a kid as when you're um, 30, 35. So I think that plays a major role in the level of responsibility, the level of understanding. Um, you, you know, one of the things that I'm um, working in education, um, you know, I, I uh, have a very big heart for young black men, um, as, as a lot of people know. Uh, one of the things that this becomes very difficult for me year after year is having conversations with a lot of those young men who don't have fathers that are present and finding how angry they are and trying to find ways to assist them um, in their processing, you know, through not having their fathers present. And um, it's, 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 a, it's a tough, it's a, it, these are very tough conversations that I have a lot of times, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have the, the young men be able to open up to me, but I'm, I'm a solution oriented individual and sometimes not having a solution at hand right away is very difficult for me. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. They are, you know, even with the statistics, there's still a great number of young, young children, you know, out there with, with fathers who are not present. Um, and that's a very, very, very hurtful thing. What do you think some of this, what do you think some solutions are for, uh, for those situations? You know, my, in all of my optimism, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I envision, you know, having forums or opportunities for 
to reconnect these fathers with their children, you know what I mean? And starting bit by bit, piece by piece, you know, allowing, you know, first having that reconnection piece, finding out where they may or may, you know, may be, mm. um, and then putting them in a situation where, you know, they're allowed to hear from their child, you know, and what they're feeling, mm. and what's going on, uninterrupted, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, these kids are hurting, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times, you know, I think the, the first step towards healing is being able to let you know how I feel about what you did. Um, mm-hmm. So being able to find, you know, some form or some space or place where, you know, these young men and young women as well, because, you know, they're, they're, out, they're out there as well, um, where they can, like, yeah, I need to tell you, you know, what you did to me and how you made me feel for 13-plus years or your absence, how your absence and what it made me feel like in those 13 plus years or whatever, you know what I mean? Or you're in and out and allowing them to be able to, you know, to release a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, that's a start for me. That's a start. Let's talk so about in happens, it. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I want to ask him like, what happens when um, the father is not interested? Like the father don't want anything to do with the child. And see that? Right, and that, and I think that's what I was kind of touching on a few minutes ago. A lot of times it becomes very tough, you know, knowing that, you know, you have that conversation with that young man or that young woman, like, well, I've tried, you know, my mother's tried and my father doesn't want to have anything to do with me. It's that's sad, you know. Um, you know, the best thing that I could, could, could think of is trying to surround those children with father-like mentors. You know, I mean, but even with that, at the end of the day, that's still not that child's father. You know what I mean? And that's still probably a longing that's going to be there. Um, but, you know, trying to surround them with as much support as possible in that, in that, in that vein um, from a father-like figure, is, you know, as possible. Um, but, again, you know, that still may not necessarily be, you know, what's needed. So, I don't know. It's just it's a very tough situation. Those are very, very tough situations. Right, okay. and um, with that, can I say, can I say, um, salute to the black dads out there that actually adopt these children whose father has nothing to do with them. That you know, they marry the mm. mom and adopt those children and, and and do fatherly things with those children. Like you said, they might have a they have a longing for their real dad, but definitely right those who have to step up and they didn't have to. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, oh, no, 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 that's it, it. This is what this is what B radio is all about. These conversations and people having these real conversations, these real feelings and these real expressions of um, what's going on in real life. There was you actually touched on and part of those statistics. They did mention uh, stepfathers and mm. how stepfathers are really, really stepping to really stepping up to the plate in um, children's lives. And although, you know, like you said, they're not the real fathers, they are stepping up and being, I, I know several, several dads who are not the biological fathers, but you would never, ever know it. Several dads that are like, I don't want to say better than real dads because it's not fair, but 
just really yeah, saying. It is fair. Say it is fair to say. <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't stop. Don't stop it. Just say it. Hey, it's a lot of stepdads better than they damn dad than the original father. Say it. Yeah, I know mine was. Oh, you had a stepdad, Sean? I sure did. It was ten times better than the sperm than the than the sperm donor that I was created from. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, Antonio, you you also, along with that Forgive Me song, you did a video. And I have a clip that I wanted to play from the video. Mm-hmm. And anyone's interested in listening or watching this uh, video, you can look at Forgive Me by Antonio Magaha on YouTube. It is very, very touching. But I'm going to play this this one clip, you and your... Uh, interview one of your interviewees Tim was on there and he was talking about um, not being able to be in his child's life because sometimes fathers aren't in their child's lives and it's not the father's fault right uh, there are other circumstances that are causing so let's go to this clip and we'll come back and talk about disappointment okay in your life, throughout your life. What would you say to the individuals whose fathers were not present during their childhood or even now as adults? I involuntarily wasn't always in my child's life. I've seen both sides. Gotcha. I didn't not want to be there. Circumstances pushed me away. Mm -hmm. The system pushed me away. Mm -hmm. And so to be in a situation, I, I grieve I've grieved over the last five years specifically because I was there and I experienced being there. I experienced the first bottles. I experienced uh, performances at school. I experienced cancer. I experienced the fights. I experienced those things. And then to have that taken away and feel like nowhere to turn, I grieve because that's something I have become accustomed to. And then I have a son now, and I see him every day. I, I see his accomplishments. You know, that not being there is, you still think about it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I still think about my child every day. Mm-hmm. When I see the craziness in the world, you hear about the shootings in the schools. Um, you hear about people being abducted. Right. It's like I'm helpless. I can't get there. I can't be there. And then at the end of the day, I don't want to fight with your mama no more. I, I had got to a point and I told my child, I'm like, I can't keep fighting your mom over you. Um, there's something you say, um, love from a distance. Mm. I, I, I believe that in a way you can fight. You can fight. And the way I did it was I went and got me a lawyer and got joint custody of my child. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. At a young age, mm-hmm. at 22 years old. So, I, because I said when I was younger, I wasn't going to allow me mm-hmm. to follow that trend that, you know, that I went through, that I was going to be a part of my child's life. So, I went and hired a lawyer, paid the money, got the joint custody. That's what I did. So, there is a way you can fight, you know, to be in that child's life if you want to be in that child's life. So, I think 
that's a two-way street from what he said. I agree what he said, but then mm-hmm. just at the end, I disagree what he said. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I think, and I don't want to loosely speak for for uh, Timothy Jackson, but um, and having a little more in-depth conversation with him, what had happened? Um, he was fighting. He, he was fighting, and I mean, probably up until recently, maybe the last few years, has still been fighting in court. Um, I think what happens, and I've had conversations with other gentlemen a lot of times in a lot of these states, um, as men, we find ourselves uh, at the mercy of the law, you know, and in a lot of these scenarios and situations, unfortunately, for whatever reason, you know, a lot of the judges and what have you show a little more favoritism towards the to the mother, and they make it a little more difficult. Um, Excuse me. So from my understanding, in his particular scenario, he had been fighting. He just, like, he went through hell and high water. And he kept trying, you know what I mean? I mean, to the point where he had been unjust put in jail. Like, it's just he went through a lot of stuff. So I think, you know, depending on what your capacity is, you know, at some point, it's like, you know, wait, I'm going to jail. I'm losing out, you know, on money. I'm about to lose my job. You know, at some point. You know, you may just get to a point where it's like, you know what, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? So some people's capacity may be a little more stronger or more um, wider, um, you know, than others. But I think sometimes, like I said, the court, man, they, they, they you know, not showing any favoritism or not showing you any kind of grace um, can make it very difficult on behalf of the father as well. Um, so it's, it's, you know, those can be very tough situations. Yeah. Can, can I, can I, I say this? Oh, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I just want to say this. What I did was mm-hmm. I educated myself on okay. Okay. the system, on gotcha. the system and how the system betrays men that are trying, you know, mm-hmm. or that are trying to be there. But mm-hmm. and I'm not disrespecting all the women, but then you got some women that don't want, you know, always <laughs> running to the white man and get them in the, involved in your you know, involved in something that you can do on your own. So that's, I educated myself. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to allow the court system to railroad me. I wasn't going to allow the judge to disrespect me. Mm -hmm. I've gone in in the courtroom where me and a judge was, you know, like we were in the, you know, in in the, in the boxing ring, like we were ready to box. And Mm. and I, you know, I can hear my aunt said, I just knew you was going to jail today. I just knew you were going to jail today. (laughs) But I wasn't going to allow that because, you know, I educated myself to know what we have to do. Yeah. You, you got men that step up, but then the ones that don't step up, it makes it bad for the ones that are trying to step up. That's the, that's the issue. And I'm going to be quiet. No, don't be quiet. Like, uh, (laughs) this is good. But I don't, but I think that things, when we look at people and we look at development and we look at, especially in the African-American community, I, I think we're just now getting a voice, a community voice, a voice that is not afraid to stand up. And, you know, we've had pockets of standing up, civil rights and all those kind of things. But there are a large amount of people who don't know how to speak up, who don't know right. how to stand up for themselves. We have been conditioned to stand down, right. not to stand up. And so when it comes to – we have a lot of conditioning. When it comes to parenthood, I, I, 
when it comes to fatherhood, when it comes to roles, when it comes to who's, when you really look at it, even though as a mother, I did carry my child for nine months, but where's the equality in parenthood? You know, I'm a mom, but that's a dad. Like they're both equally important. Mm-hmm. And that's not our conditioning. Our conditioning is that, you know, and forever guys will talk about Father's Father's Day. Lord have mercy. Oh, <laughs> you get prepared. Mother Mother's Day, y'all get prepared three months, three months out. They talking about Mother's Day, but Father's Day is like one day. So where's the where's the equality? Where is the equity in being a father? Where's I, the equity in being a black father? I think what Sean said is, is very piggyback off of what he said. Education. I think, um, you know, having somebody like, you know, DJ Sean who has been through it and has educated himself, you know, providing these resources or, you know, for people who don't know where to look, where to go, I think is very important, um, you know, for young men um, in these situations because a lot of times they just don't know. They just don't know, you know, and, and some people are more apt to give up when they don't know, you know what I mean? Um, kind of can make them hopeless. So, you know, right. from an right. educational, educational standpoint, yeah, being able to make this, this information readily available, um, you know. But so you, then, go ahead. But you have, you have when you go into court, a mediator. What's a mediator supposed to do? Oh, they nine yeah. times nine times out of ten, the mediator already knows when you come in the room. Right, they're this, they're they already they already have in their mind. Oh, you know, we're going to make this quick and sweet. You ain't got to worry about this. You ain't got to worry mm-hmm. about that. BS. Right. Yes, right. we are. Now, when when I would go, I was like, I would go in the room just like this. What are you here for? To mediate? Mm-hmm. I said, you ain't mediate nothing of, that my name's on. Mm-hmm. My court paper says to, in front of the judge, you're not the judge, and I have nothing else to say to you. Mm-hmm. And I walk, walked right on into into the courtroom. The first thing the judge says, oh, Mr. Fisher, I guess we didn't do no mediation today. I said my court paper wasn't wasn't here to talk to the mediator. It was to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, that's good stuff. That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't think there are enough um, – enough educators in, mm-hmm. in in these life situations because again I think people just feel helpless they don't know what their options are and it's hard to find what your Advocate. options are yeah. and some people just don't want to get involved with other people with other people what they're going through some people know what that's to true. tell the person but they that's just don't true. want to get involved which that's is right. nonsense and that's nine times to ten that's your best friend or mm-hmm. you know a, a relative of a friend or something like that that has gone through that but don't want to help out you know help the mm-hmm. situation mm-hmm. Yeah, some things some things as a man we can't do on our own sometimes we do need that guidance you know from somebody older and wiser someone that's been through it you know what I mean somebody's strong faith mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I I think uh, that you know, on this topic, the education starts with, I think, empathy. 
you know, there's 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 a Bible verse that says charity starts at home or love starts at home. Where what do you guys feel? What does what do the men feel about love and charity and empathy and vulnerability? I think we talked about this a few shows ago. Because there's a misconception that men are heartless and they don't care about anything but themselves. They don't care. They don't care about their children, which obviously, you know, just by having this conversation, um, be knowing Antonio. And I know that that he has shown me a whole different side of fathers and fatherhood um, where it just we don't get that enough. I don't think we don't get those images enough of men who who are hurting, you know, and who feel deeply about their offspring. It, it, it goes back to what I said, you know, earlier, <laughs> breaking that chain. You got to break yeah. that chain. Yeah. You got to break that chain because if your father done it, his father done done it. Now, you know, it's, it's a generational curse, as they said. Right. Yeah, Unless right. somebody in that family, that bloodline breaks that. That's right. It's going to stop. If you keep allowing it, it's going to keep continuing all the way down to your, you know, to the future. And, and Somebody I, else. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, that's not, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. That was yeah. good. I, I think for those of us who are maybe um, as men a little more self-aware than the previous generation of men that might have raised us, I think we have to we have to educate our young men again, and we have to provide spaces for them to understand that vulnerability is not a weakness and that it's okay to not know. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be in a situation where you're trying to figure out, figure it out. It's okay to make mistakes um, and give them safe spaces to learn in those areas. Um, I, I think that's the only way to do it. You know what I mean? And that's whatever your circle of influence may be. You work in a school system. Young, you work with young men. You work in a church or in a community or whatever. Wherever you have influence as it relates to young men, taking those opportunities or looking for those opportunities to be able to um, to educate them in these ways and show them that, you know, that this is also a side of a man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to take those opportunities, those of us that are more aware. You know, if we care, I think we have to take and capitalize on them opportunities. All right, you are. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to shut my mouth. No, no, no. 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 Go ahead. I, I, and then I just after we're going to take a special break. Is, is, is men, men are now able now, these days now, to show their, you know, it's not you're not a punk to cry. You know punk. what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, before, you know, oh man, I'm not hot crying around my family members. I'm not, I ain't, right. I ain't no, you know, I, my, you know, I ain't, I wasn't raised right. as a punk. You know what I right. mean? I was right. like that. I was like yeah. that. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I, I was like that until my stepfather, when my stepfather passed away, man, I cried like a baby, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. 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 And, yeah. wow. but man, we, we want to, Act like we macho all the time, man. It ain't about being macho. Is if you're feeling sad, you feel sad. You, but people that judge, people shouldn't be judging. They should be just judging themselves. But, but look at cry, it. Cry. 
But yeah. look at it like this. In terms of us as African Americans, right. I don't think we had the space for that, you know, we in don't. the previous years. We like oh, if yeah. you we're talking about so we're talking about again conditioning. We're out right. in the field. If you out in the field picking cotton, you better dry your eyes. Like you there's a, you you out yeah, you had <laughs> they had babies out there and you had to drop the baby, strap the baby and keep it yeah. moving. And so right. I think as time is going forward, there is just more opportunity for us to unpack and mm-hmm. us to really like um well. just yeah, unpack and 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 get back to being real people, because not only were we not viewed as human beings, mm. I think we began yeah. to not view ourselves and view each really? other as human beings, and that goes into why you know how we kill each other so easily, how we can mm. treat each other so easily, because mm. we have taken on the conditioning of not being human. I'm not human. You're not human. None right. of us are human, and so, and I think even in technology, I think right now there for what I foresee is an an opportunity to to help our kids not morph into cartoon characters, and those aren't human either. So we we have to. There's still a thin line between what's happening in the past, what's happening now, and what going to be happening in the future with um, us and humanity and being human and looked on as being human. We're going to um, take a... Uh, real quick, um, I wasn't out in the... I'm, li- I was, I'm light-skinned, so I was I was in the house with the lemonade. <laughs> I wasn't in the field. <laughs> I left the house. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> We're going to take a, a, a station identification break. Uh Again, call 516-453-9110 to get in on this conversation about fatherhood. Yo, this is singer-songwriter Antonio Magaha, and you are now tuned in to B-Radio. Peace. The most amazing feeling I feel. Words can't describe the feeling for real. Baby, I paint the sky blue. My greatest creation was you. You. Glory. Uh. False alarms and false stars. Uh. All made better by the sound of your heart. Yeah. All the pain of the last time. I prayed so hard it was the last time. Your mama said that you danced for us. Did you wiggle your hands for a glory, glory, glory? Sorry. Everything that I prayed for, God's gift, I wish I would have prayed more. God makes no mistakes, I made a few. Rough sledding here and there, but I made it through. I wreak havoc on the world. Uh, get ready for part two. A younger, smarter, faster me. So a pinch a hole, a whole glass to be. Failure. 
His affirmations for his for his kids. Fellas, fathers, what do you all, how do you all feel about affirmations for your children, and how have you implemented those if you have? The lines are open. I'll say for me, um, affirmations for myself, first and foremost, is something I just kind of started um making a part of my daily routine, uh, morning times and, and even throughout the day, just, you know, reciting them in my head or even in my meditation time. Um, that I just started utilizing probably the last three to four, maybe five years. Um, so I definitely, you know, I try to affirm um, my son or everybody, you know, that's around me in my circle, you know, on a consistent basis. But with him, you know, just one of the things I used to tell him, when he was younger, you know, when he would say can't, I was like, we never use that word can't. We could, can, you know, mm-hmm. we don't use the word can't. Anything you put your mind to, you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, you know, little subtle affirmations like that, you know, recorrecting or correcting rather, you know, the negative sayings and things of that nation, just trying to get him in a mode of thinking positively and speaking positively about his own life. Um so I think his affirmations are great and very much a necessity. I have to, I have to agree with Antonio. I have to, I, I do the same thing with my with, with my girls. Mm-hmm. I tell them you guys are fighters. You, you guys don't quit. Never quit. 
Right. That's if you right. want something, you keep going after it till you get it. Never quit, and never allow somebody to tell you you can't be who you don't want, who you mm. want to be. Wow. And and wow. I tell my daughter, I said, you have four beautiful girls and got another one on the way. What they see you do, they're gonna follow you. So you have to mm-hmm. train them to be like how I trained, you know, my two daughters. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I piggyback off Antonio. Yep. yep. I think as we move forward in our society with more information, what people, you know, they don't know and so there's a verse that says that the power of life and death is in the tongue, but what people don't really know that words change the molecular structure of things, literally. Mm-hmm. I have seen science experiments where they've spoken negative things to a glass of um, water with some kind of substance in it, positive things, negative things, and ignored the positive, the, the glass that was spoken to, the words, the positive words, that it flourished. The negative words, it went bad, and the ignored, I think it went moldy. And so as we understand things in an expanded understanding, as we grow in understanding, um, because we can know a lot of things, you can have a lot of information, but if you don't know how to apply that information, it's useless. If you don't understand the information, it's useless. Mm-hmm. So as we grow forward and we understand more, then we make better choices. You know, as individuals, we are growing. And so we, when you know better, you do better, right? So as a society, as an individual, as black people, the more we understand, the more we can go forward. And so I think affirmations are, they're not just nice things to do. They're actually like a critical part of, of living, of living well, of living abundantly. Right. So some of our other callers, Brian, I think I have Denise on the phone. Are you still there, Denise? Here. How are you? These are our uh, our faithful listeners, Denise, Brian, the caterers, oh, okay, the amazing okay. caterers. Okay, all right, all right, yeah. yeah she's have to, um, yeah. yeah, they they are. Um, I, I appreciate their support. Uh, we we always need support. People like to be supported. But then when it's time to support, sometimes we're a little. But Denise and Brian are always there to support. How are you doing tonight, Denise? I am doing well. And uh, I just want to salute Antonio for starting this movement of brotherhood and um, seeing black men come together and have a platform to be able to support each other is important and it's is absolutely needed um and just me myself um my dad has always been present in my life but he also had a great support system because there was distance between my me and my dad when i was growing up uh 
yeah. he left and moved to California. So we had miles between us when I was nine years old. So most of my teenage years, he had a great support system in his brothers, which my dad, if I called, he was always there. But when he couldn't get there, he made sure one of his brothers was there. So I think it's important for black men to have a great support system um, yeah. and be able to have a platform where if they need to talk, if they need support, whatever it is, that platform. So thank you, Antonio, for starting that movement. I also want to give kudos to my king, Brian Perry, because, you know, even in him stepping in with my baby boy, you know, and watching how he maneuvered and be, he was brutally honest, which sometimes scared me, but the things he shared with him and his honesty with him and the support he gave him, in his last years of high school and to watch how he's developed and following his dreams and reaching the goals he want to reach. So I just wanted to say kudos to my king for that as well, because we need our, we need our young black men to stand strong and be tall. And so um, thank you, Antonio. Thank you, Brian. And thank Thank you you to all of the men out there who, Stand up and be stepdads and just be dads. And that's my take. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Thank well, you, we, Denise. we're gonna have. To, I'm gonna have to come to Atlanta. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to figure something out for next year. Come to Atlanta, do a live show. Uh, you know, bring everything to Atlanta so B Radio can do a live broadcast. And we got to get you to come out there and cater for us. You know that night. You know, for next year, we'll do something, put together something for next year on a weekend. You know, well, for that'd be radio. great. Yeah, I don't think they're ready for the um the, the kingdom <laughs> management food though, boy. I tell you, those eggs. I have to say every time those angel eggs, everything. Absolutely. So can can I can I uh just just say one thing about what uh Mrs. Denise was saying? You know, you're you. Your husband is more, he stepped up not more or less like a a friend, but a father figure. That's a father mm-hmm. figure to mm-hmm. do the things that he's done with him. Regardless if, regardless if you guys are not married or not, married or not, that's a father figure mm-hmm. and, and, and a role model. You know, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of men that come in and they step up, they got to understand another part of their duty is being a role model right. while they're being a father. Even your mm-hmm. father, even your biological father has to be a role model. Father first, role model next. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's part of what young men are missing today. They're missing that role, the positive role model. I'm not talking about basketball, you know, sports role mm-hmm. model. I'm not talking about, you know, music. I'm talking about a solid role model that's going to teach you how to be a man, you know, teach mm-hmm. you how to be a parent, things like that. That's what a lot of homes are missing. Mm-hmm. That role model. That's that true. Role model, that strong role model. Yeah. Very true. Very true. true. Do you think do you think, DJ Sean, that though one of the things that makes that difficult, I mean, outside of, you know, just not being present, um, I think there's the, the competitiveness. And by that meaning, when you, you know, when you look at our younger generation, our younger men, right, when they turn the TV on, you know, in America, 
the American dream, having, you know, all of these uh, we're looking for luxuries, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at a LeBron James and you look at a, you know, name, a hip-hop star or athlete or what have you, and they and this is what's presently, prevalently rather, pushed in front of you on the TV, and this is what you should aspire to and aspire to. And I may look at my dad, and, you know, he may – He's keeping the house, you know what I'm saying, keeping the bills paid and, and and you know, um, if he's present um, and, you know, making money and doing what he's, he needs to, but he may not necessarily be living a LeBron James lifestyle. So that met, that might not necessarily be as appealing, you know what I'm saying, as a role model to a child that's in the household than, than somebody. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's not – let me see how I can explain this without – being a a butthead. At no, 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 I'd rather have my, my stepfather, if he was still here, I'd rather would have my stepfather than have a father that right. makes a lot of money that's not teaching me anything. I I'd rather have my stepfather that when, when one of the cars in the, in the, in the driveway broke down, he made us stop what we were doing right. and, and come outside let me show you mm-hmm. guess what's wrong with it i'm gonna show you how to fix it so you don't have to go right and and and, and pay a, a mechanic a whole bunch of money for something that you could fix right you know? um that man mm-hmm. when he painted hung drywall taught us how to do trade a trade he taught mm-hmm. us a trade that would help us into manhood mm-hmm. that's that's the type of role model and father I would want. Someone right. that already has the money. That's yeah. and, and that's making your kids. I'm gonna say this again. Making your kids soft too, because that's all mm-hmm. they're gonna have in the back of their mind. Oh, I I gotta be, I yeah. gotta be like my dad, or I gotta be like my mom because they they're athlete. A lot of kids ain't built to be the next LeBron James or Michael Jordan mm-hmm. or yeah. uh, or the Williams sisters. It, right. It, a lot of them's not like that, but a lot of the parents push their kids to be that way. Mm-hmm. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's I would have to say with the um kids that I work with, um the kids who get out of the car, cuz I have a lot of parents who drop off kids too, not just single parents, but both parents in the car and there are groups of kids that get out of the car and they're either they're praying before they pull up to the drop off or they're laughing first thing in the morning they're they get out and they love you I love the father is I love you the mom is I love you and you know the kids are those kids have different temperaments they do they have different temperaments and I think that I would prefer I would prefer parents you know who Maybe not have had that any money like that or any kind of status, but mm-hmm. had time, and they and they had mm-hmm. understanding. And I think as human beings, we we money is an outside thing; it's a external thing. But being understood and being loved on and appreciated and cared for—that's an internal thing. And I think right. it, you know if you had both. I think you would choose love mm-hmm. over money. And That's that, my opinion. 
internet the internet is is being loved more now than in your household right and i think that's kind of what i was speaking to to mm-hmm. more when you talk about the younger Especially generation kids. yeah they're they're like they're being you go, raised. Some, you go somewhere all you see is in what a kid's hand their phone phone right right and 95 right. percent of the time they're on what tiktok right instagram facebook right. twitter right. But right. that's the parent. I mean, that's that's on the mm-hmm. parent, though. I mean, yep. because it, you have an opportunity. But see, if you don't know what to do with your kids, which is very possible, because mm-hmm. if you didn't, if nobody took those times out with you, and you didn't know this is what it looks like, then it's it takes away the um the uncomfortability, so to speak, for now. So my kid got something to do. I don't feel bad because we looking at each other. I don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So now they have the phone. Now they have the video games. Now they have all of this other stuff to occupy the time. But it is not creating any kind of bond between y'all. Mm-hmm. It's not create, and you have to you have to make that. You have to create that. That's not something that's gonna create itself. But a lot of people don't know. Because they have, they didn't have that themselves. That's so right. where do you learn this? Where do you get this? Right. Comes down from generation to generation. Generation to generation. It comes back to, you know, the, the beginning. It comes back to the beginning. Either you had strong parents or strong grandparents. Mm. That's the way I look mm. at it. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a uh, we're gonna take a, a music break here, and we're gonna talk about this topic of this of this song when we come back.
that was The Temptations. Papa was a Rolling Stone, of course, uh, the infamous Temptations. So, I think this song goes back to um, one of my original comments about conditioning, our conditioning in society of what a father, especially in the black community, what a father looked like. Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. Um, I, although I really, I love music, and I love, I love music. I have been really coming to um, terms for myself about where music and the lyrics and, and music and where does that, what does that do for us? What kind of mind frame as we repeat some of the same not necessarily positive lyrics, how does it reflect in our society and in our um, in our community? What are y'all thoughts? Everybody is on. You want to make a comment? Well, my thoughts are, um, well, my dad, he... He was always considered like uh, <laughs> a pimp, so to speak. You know, even to this day, like wow. he has women. Yeah, he has women. Now, like I said, he he has always been a father. Like he would take us fishing, he would take us places. You know, make sure he spent time with us, and you know, tell us about the the young men. You know, and um, one of his famous um, sayings. <laughs> One of his famous saying was, you know, um, you know, don't don't date a guy who can't offer you nothing but D minus D plus bubblegum and minus mm-hmm. minus the bubblegum, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he 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 was like that. That song describes my dad all day. Like he was a definite Rolling Stone where he laid his hat was his home, like they said, like. He was literally, he is still literally that guy. Like, he has his own place, but it's not one woman that he's dealing with that he can't go and, you know, and people see that as bad and this and that other, you know, I don't, I, I just, he's mean, basically, I don't trust me, you know, and it, it, it does affect, you know, your children, you know, but that, that song so, definitely. Let me ask you a question, Anita. So I think um one point people interchanged roles. If you were a good husband, then that meant you were to people's mind that that you were a good father. If you were a bad husband, that made you a bad father. What do you think about like to me it sounds like your dad maybe wasn't the best in relationships, as far as a man, right? But you know, these women like they deal with that, like they accept it. Like back in the day, it's not like it used to be. Like they knew that this man had another woman on the side, and he would mm-hmm. take care of all of those households. Like he would literally take care of all those households with the women that he, you know, dealing with or with. whatever. Yeah, that, that's just how it used to be, and. For him, it's still like that. Like they know each other and everything is like no, no problem, you know. And um, I feel like um, that just because he's not a good man, so to speak, to you know a woman doesn't mean that he's a, a bad father, you know. Because I, 
I I feel like he was one of the greatest. Like I said, you couldn't even whoop whoop me if you you talking about whoop me whooping me. He wasn't even going to stick around to see it. If he, even if he felt like I needed a whooping, like he didn't want to see me get a whooping. You know, and that says a lot to me from my dad. He loved. You know, he cared about you. Yeah. Getting hurt, you know. So, yeah, to me, that made, you know, it made even a greater father. Aside from the things that he did as a man for his children, you know, like he, he didn't want to see his children hurt, you know, and there's a grand, you know. And a lot of things I feel like I don't take because of the fact I know my dad would never put his hands on me. So I'm not going to allow a man to put his hands on me, you know. Mm hmm. Yeah. They try to make it. Y'all there? Uh huh. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was playing basketball in the park one day. And me and this dude, we we you know when we come out in the park, we play ball. Same, you know, we played ball on the same team for a long time. And so he was like, "Man, come on home, you know, come on, come on, ride with me home, man. We'll come back out." So I come back out. He introduced me to his mother. This is a true story. He introduced me to his mother. His mother looked at me, and she was just looking at him. She said, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Yes, ma'am." Is your was your is your father named Bob? And I was like, yes. And she says, oh, okay, that's your brother. So the whole time I'm, I'm playing basketball what? with this dude. Wow. This dude is my brother. Real talk. Wow. This is my brother. And all I remember was she, he messed around with her while he was married to this is my biological father while he was married to my mother, and he and come find out that. When my mother would tell me stories about my father, he was a mailman, so you know he was licking stamps all over the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. He was licking stamps all over the neighborhood. That's funny. That's, that's hilarious. My dad was a man too. That's right. They had a lot of packages. <laughs> delivering. Yep. Delivering. Delivering a lot of packages. They were the packages they didn't want to leave on the door. <laughs> leave on the doorstep. He had a knock on the door. I got this big old package for you. All you got to do wow. is find your name. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but I found out this. That this boy, you know, like, so did you guys, this is a tangent, but did you guys start a relationship? I mean, you know, are y'all close today? We we started a relationship. We we became close up until um, 2018 when our biological father died. He called me and I was like, you know, bro, what you crying for? You know, he's like, dad died. I was like, I said, bro, you wasting a tear on him? Oh. I said, man, I ain't wasting no tear on that dude, man. That dude ain't do nothing for us. I said, I said, look how we found each other. And, mm. and you know, I said that, and he took it to, you know, he had his own mind made up where he was trying to, uh, you know, be 
he wanted to go back, you know, to his father and, you know, our oh. father and, and try to make men's. But at that time, I was, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s. You know, I don't have time. I got two grown daughters and, you know, grandkids, you know, and I wouldn't, um, I wasn't going to stop what I was doing in my life to go to his bedside and benefit him so when he left, you know, mm. wherever his spirit went. No, you're not using me. And mm. I told I told my brother and my other brother, I said, y'all do whatever y'all want to do. Ain't like he, he didn't leave us a dime. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't leave That's us like a dime. That's like the song. And yeah. when he died, all he left you was alone. Alone. And try to get he you know when he passed away he wanted all his sons, you know, at at his bedside and I refused to do it. I'm not I'm not benefiting him, you know, because you know you you ain't you ain't made your you know your soul with your with, with the peace with the man upstairs, but you. You know, it's too late making peace with me. And I, I told my brothers that it's too late making peace with me. So I haven't mm. talked to him since. I, um, my, you know, I think I've mentioned on the show before that I was adopted, and mm-hmm. I me- recently met my biological brothers and some of my brothers and sisters. And one of oh, my wow. brothers, he said that he was um, going to fight this kid at school. And found out that the kid was his was our brother, um, and they had been going to school the whole time and didn't know that they were that they were brothers. So See? it 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 happens it happens mm-hmm. often. It happens I, often. I'm you know, and I've shared with 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 my wife um, some scenarios that I've been privy to um, where these individuals didn't find out who their fathers were mm-hmm. until they died. Um, and their fathers had kind of been in their vicinity um, and in their presence for years mm-hmm. on end, but there was uh, reluctance on behalf of the mothers to make them aware that their fathers were who they were. Um, and then they end up finding out, like, on their deathbed or, you know, a few years after Afterwards, that yeah, that was your father. Um, so, so what do you think about my? What do you think about mothers who keep that information away from dads? Like, does a dad have a right to know that this is their child, or is it the mom's option? Well, I I think in a lot of scenarios or situations, or these in particular, you know, the mom and her. From her perspective, probably thought that or felt as though she had a legitimate reason for keeping the child away from not knowing who the father was. But I, I just don't – I think that's an unfair decision. I think, you know, regardless to what may ha- have happened with the mom and father or what may be going on, I think a child should always have a decision or be allowed the decision to have a relationship and know who that parent is. And you allow that child as they grow and mature to decide if they want to continue to have a developing relationship, but at least give them the option. You kind of you kind of rob them of of, of the opportunity 
to mm-hmm. even know, you know, what is a relationship could have been and, you know, what they could have gotten from their relationship when you just completely take it away from them. I think that's unfair. Yeah. And I, mean, I would say that on both sides. And, that, and, and, and you know what? It makes a lot of sense what you said, what you guys just said, because here, here here's another scenario that, that hurts family. You know, it, no one lets no one know you know, an illness or something. We have, yeah. you know, we look real stupid when we go to the doctors and the doctors are, well, you have a family history of this and that? Right. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's, right. that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's embarrassing to me mm-hmm. because uh, I have to tell my, you know, because my oldest daughter, she she's asking, she's, dad, uh, dad, how was, did you meet your dad's family? No. The, you know, what, how many brothers and sisters did you, you know, I don't know, you know, that I have, mm. to, I have to be real with her because these are the questions she's trying to ask now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. well, you know, all I know is I got high blood pressure and I got this and that. So that's what you know from me, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you know from your grandmother, my mother, you know, and what, you know, and then when it gets to, I still have my grandmother. My grandmother's. Oh, family. that's a blessing! Wow, yeah. that's so, a blessing. Yeah, she she says she's going to be here for till she's a hundred. She's ninety three now. So, and, but when I ask my mother questions about, uh, you know, like a family owner, call your grandmother. You know what I'm saying? So I have to call my grandmother and, and ask my grandmother. You know what's, what's up going with that? On. And you know, it's you know how family is. You know. Everybody's crazy as hell. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the secret—that's another. That's another, that's another we'll, topic. We'll, that's yeah, another secret. topic. We're gonna get the family secrets, family mm. secrets, and why we keep, and why we think we have to keep them. Mm, I'm writing that down right now. Well, I, I know being adopted. You know, I never, I did not have the option of. People have no idea. You go to the doctor. What they have that three-page checklist of you know family history, and I just all the way down. Nope, I have no idea. So Mm -hmm. to have the person, you know, to have access to family and not still not know the information that that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. All right. You basically, as adoption, you basically, I mean, we, me and you had the same type of life. You were adopted, I was in foster care. You follow what I'm saying? And our fathers were foster care. Yep. (laughs) That's the same thing. (laughs) Real talk. All right. We have uh, 10 more minutes. If you want to get in on the last 10 minutes, 516-453-9110 is our guest call-in number. We hope that you have been enjoying our show. Um, dads and disappointments. We kind of talked about everything. Uh oh. Smack out there. There you go. There, yeah, I just, yep. Um, we have had uh, Antonio Magaha and mandatory adjustments on our show this evening. Speaking about dads, can you tell us again how to uh, get in contact with you and, and your organization? 
So sure. Um, like I said, we we meet um, via Zoom um, every the first and third Mondays of each month at 7 p.m. Um, and the uh, the website or the handle is on IG is at Mandatory Adjustments 2023. Again, that's at Mandatory Adjustments 2023. So if you would like to be a part of those those uh those meetings, um, you know, just DM me, let me know, and I will uh, shoot you the uh, Zoom links for those meetings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be a part of that. Okay, part of the organization, yeah. 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 We'd we love to have you, love to have you, love to have you. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Perry, are you still on? Would you like to give out your information for the catering? I don't even there? know it. Hello. Hello. Okay, he must. Hi, he... this is Denise. <laughs> Hi, so Denise. we so are Kingdom our Events Management. Sure, Kingdom Events Management Incorporated. We can be found on Facebook at Kingdom Events Management Inc. Our Instagram is Kim Inc. MGMT nine, and um. We can be reached at 404-924-5469. Awesome. Bonita, are you still on? She is a, a, a mu- musician, a singer. Anything else you want to tell our listening audience, uh, Bonita? I am a hip-hop artist, a host, co-host on the hip-hop radio show. I'm also a mother and I'm seriously. Um, I just want to say, y'all want to follow me? I'm on Facebook at Bonita Applebaum, on Instagram at The Real Bonita Applebaum, and Twitter at The Real Bonita Applebaum. Bonita Applebaum on YouTube, Bonita Applebaum on all music platforms. I've been doing some hits lately. So yeah, I gotta listen to my music. <laughs> but yeah, um, also what part of the city are you in? I'm in Rosedale, Mississippi right now. Mm-hmm. And, and she celebrates her birthday on Friday, she forgot to say as well. Woo! Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. Yeah, Happy birthday. I will be at the beach. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank That's you. awesome. All right, well, we are going to head on out. Thank you everyone um, in our listening audience for listening to the Be Lifestyle Radio. Again, I am your host, Letitia Dorsey Magaha. If you have a topic that you want to discuss, drop me a message in our chat box uh, right now, or you can find me on Becoming Excellent B on Instagram and on Facebook. 57,000 people that have gone back and listened to her first three shows, you guys. I just want to throw that out there. 56,000. I need a bell. And it's growing. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to be keeping this going. And who knows where this show will, how it's going to pan out, but I um, want to give a shout out to DJ Sean for even giving me this opportunity. Uh, Robin, I don't, she may be listening. I want to give her a shout out as well. Executive producer of the Hilltop Radio Show. So again, reach out, becoming excellent, 
B.com. I am also a life coach. So if anyone out there is in need of life coaching, it is an alternative to therapy. It is not therapy, but it is a, uh, it's a good start. Uh, reach out to me again on Facebook and Instagram. You guys have a good night and we will hear from you guys next Wednesday, nine o'clock. Be Lifestyle Radio. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue Bahama waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a place. Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage. We'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes. Lacing your click up with diamond rolls. Your people holding dough, no parole, no rubbers. Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers. Just some thoughts for the mind. I take a glimpse into time, watch the blimp read, the world is mine. It's I rule the world. Imagine that. I free all my Paradise life relaxing, black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon, Amani exchange the range, cast, lost, probably your bath, free at last, brand new whips to crash, then we laugh in the illa path, the villa houses for the crew, how we do, trees for breakfast, dime sexes have been stretches, so many years of depression make me vision, the better living, type of place to raise kids in, open the eyes to the lives, history's so foul, but I'm as wise as the old owl, plus the gold child, seeing things like I was controlling, click rolling, tricking six digits on kicks and still Holding trips to Paris, I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoners set free, stress free. No work release, purple and threes and jet skis. Fill the wind breeze in West Indies. I lick Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities, and reverse things to Willie. It's down foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that. I free all my. Making moves in Atlanta back and forth, Kremlin. Cause you can have all the chips, 
be poor or rich, still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? If I rule the world, imagine that. Imagine that. I free all my For today, in these last days of time, if I 